Hello, friends. Michael Yusuf here. Thank you so much for connecting with Leading the Way and listening to this message. The entire team here at Leading the Way is committed to passionately proclaiming the uncompromising truth of God's Word. And it cannot be done without your prayers and your support and your partnership. Learn how God has uniquely positioned leading the way to reach a world that is in desperate need of the gospel when you visit ltw.org. That is ltw.org. Thank you, and may God richly bless you as you seek to serve Him. Hebrews 13. Hebrews chapter 13, only two verses, verses 5 and 6, is one of those great promises that we need to start our new year with. Great promise from the Word of God. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Here's what the Word of God said. Keep your lives free from the love of money. You notice the love of money. And be contented, or be content with what you have. Because he himself has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence. We say with what? Confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? When the writer to the Hebrews in the original language says, he himself said, he himself said, Never will I, never will I, this promise was for last year. This promise is for this year. This promise is for all eternity, whether we are here or there. Then the writer goes on to say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can anyone do to me? And the answer is nothing. (laughs) Nobody can touch me. You heard me say this many times. I am invincible until God says, you're coming home. And I win either way. Tails I win, heads I win. (laughs) To me, to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. God bless you. He himself says what? Never will I. Never will I. So... Whatever the future brings, it makes no difference to the child of God. It makes no difference. Whether we face certainty or perplexity, whether we face joy or sorrow, whether we face prosperity or adversity, whether we face persecution or encouragement, whether we face acceptance or rejection by culture, whether we face hardship or smooth sailing— None of that affect our relationship with the King of the universe. Why? Because He promised what? Never. And so we say with confidence. Our confidence doesn't come from our IQ. Our confidence doesn't come from our connections. Our confidence doesn't come of who we know or what we know. No, no, no. Our confidence comes from that promise. The Lord is my helper. That is, we say that with confidence. I will not be afraid. What can any man do to me? And beloved, this is what I do not 
need to drown <laughs> anything or ring anything. All of my sins have been drowned under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in the past. All of my future is guaranteed because it's in His hand. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the Apostle Paul says, We are seated in the heavenlies. We are seated in the heavenlies. Do you know if you're a child of God, Jesus Christ is the Savior of your soul and the Lord of your life? You may be seated here in this sanctuary, but you are actually seated in heaven as well. This is where God sees you. He already sees you in heaven, seated in heaven. Isn't that amazing? Just think about this. Today, let me do my usual gig, and that is to give you three markers to hang your thoughts on. Three markers. First of all, there is contentment. Say that with me. And the second word is companionship. Can you say that with me? And the third word is courage. All of them come out of the text. First, contentment. The reason we are content no matter what happens is because He promised. What did He promise? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He said, keep your lives free from the love of money. Sometimes you hear people in the secular world say, money is the root of all evil. That's because they don't know the Scripture. Money, when it is a slave to you, is a good thing. But when it's your master, it's a very bad thing. And that is why he didn't say money. He said the love of money. Keep yourselves free from the love of money. And be what? Content. Be content with what you have. Why? Because He promised never, never, more than any time in my lifetime, I am seeing the spirit of discontentment in this country ruling supreme. This contentment is found among the rich, among the middle class, among the poor. The spirit of greed and envy and covetousness is dominating our television screen night after night. That's why I stopped watching television. The widespread looting and destruction of property has reached records. The wanting of what others have without having to work for it, whether they even need it or not, is now accepted as a political sport. I often say that if your total life focus is being on wealth, I promise you, you will be discontented. Do you know why? Because somebody else is going to be richer than you. If the focus and the totality of the focus of your life is your looks, you will be discontented because somebody else is going to be better looking than you are. If the totality of your focus of life is to become famous, you will be discontented because somebody else is going to be more famous than you are. In fact, we are seeing now how the spirit of discontentment is like a canker that is eating into the souls of individuals, and beloved, it's eating into the soul of the nation. I was thinking about discontentment, and I thought of the man who said, uh, the man who has six kids is more contented than the man who has six million dollars. Why? 
because the man who has six million dollars wants one more. (laughs) No wonder the Apostle Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he said, godliness with contentment. Here it comes again. Godliness with contentment is a great gain. If we have food and clothing, we should be content. And that is why if the totality of your focus, if the totality of your focus is Jesus, you will be contented. You will be content. I promise you, you'll be contented. Why? Because He promised what? Never. Never. And Paul goes on to say to Timothy, he said, this contentment that comes out of greed will drown people into destruction. Are we seeing that, are we not? In Philippians 4.12, Paul gives us the secret for contentment. Listen to me. None of us, including your pastor, born contented. <laughs> we all born discontented. But there is a secret to contentment that we must learn. Paul said, I have learned. I have learned. It is something that we learn. It is something that we discipline ourselves to learn. I have learned to be content. I have learned the secret of rejoicing regardless of my circumstances. You see, when Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, that is, everyone involved in somebody else's life, that is, being engaged and seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He said, all of these things are going to be added to you. You don't have to worry about them. You don't even have to pray about them. It will be added to you. That's the secret of contentment, and it's in the words of Jesus. If you truly want to be content in life, in this coming year, Get invested in somebody else's life. Get invested in ministry. And then watch out. I'm telling you, watch out. You're going to see the spirit of contentment is going to cover you, as we say here, like a do cover Dixie. Why? Why? Because at that point you will become confident of God's promise that says what? So, first of all, contentment. Secondly, companionship. Beloved, everything I read tells me that loneliness is exploding in our culture. It's exploding. Loneliness is truly a pandemic. It is. In the times of we socially connected with the social media and all that stuff, but that's all creating more shallowness in relationships. This pandemic is partially because most of these people do not know the one who sticks to them closer than a brother. This is partially because they do not know the one who said what? Ah. In the Old Testament... The Holy Spirit would come upon certain individuals, would be David or Samson, or whatever the Holy Spirit will come on a certain person and encourage and help and lift that person to do, accomplish a goal, a task that God has for them. And then the Holy Spirit was withdrawn back to heaven. 
And that is why David prays in the psalm. He says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Beloved, we do not pray that in the New Testament because the Holy Spirit is given to us to dwell in us, to live on the inside of us. Oh, we grieve Him at the time, we quench Him at the time, but He never leaves us. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit of God came to dwell on the earth in every believer, He came permanently to dwell on the earth. The Holy Spirit, don't ever forget, don't ever forget, the Holy Spirit is the very breath of God. The Holy Spirit is no other than the Spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit is no other than the executor of the will of God on the earth. The Holy Spirit is no other than the full representation of God. He is God, the Holy Spirit. He's a person in the masculine pronoun. He is God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is member of the triune God. And He promised what? Never. Never. Now, beloved, you know and I know faithfulness in general, whether it be in friendship or in marriage at times, is getting rarer and rarer and rarer these days. People form temporary, convenient relationships and friendships. I was thinking about this, and I I thought about the the miserable guy who looked at his wife from his hospital bed, and he said, "Uh, you've always stood by me. When I lost my shirt in that bad investment, you were there. When I had this terrible car accident, you were there. When I got fired from my job, you were there. And then he said, I came to the conclusion you're a bad luck. <laughs> we got all this screwed up, haven't we? We got this concept of loyalty totally screwed up. And yet so many Christian groups, listen to me, that breaks my heart. So many Christian groups are presenting Jesus in that same way. They present Jesus as your genie. <laughs> you know, it's your good luck charm. You just take him along on your journey, and when you get into trouble or you need him, you get him out, you ask him for what you want, and then when you're done, one way or the other, put him back and just keep moving. Oh, beloved, you have no idea how much that breaks my heart. Because for the true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that he is your most loyal, gracious, dearest of all friends that you can ever have. The least we could do is live in obedience to His Word, and not live for self, but live for Him who loved us so. He is closer to you all the time than your hands and your feet. And He promised what? He promised what? Never. This promise does not only lead us to contentment. That promise does not only lead us to companionship. But this promise also leads us to courage for living. Courage for living. Look at verse 6. The Lord is, not maybe on occasions or sometime when I need Him, the Lord is my helper. Can you say that with me? The Lord is. 
I will not fear. What can anyone do to me? Nothing. Listen to me. What I'm going to tell you is not a great revelation. What I'm going to say is not a great revelation. Certainly it's not going to be a great revelation to most of you, and maybe to some. We are facing an uncertain future. And I know there are so many who are facing this new year with trepidation. I know that. I talk to enough people. They are facing it with fear and apprehension. They're facing it with deep worry about themselves and about their families and about their children. They deep worry about their business. They're worried about the economy. They feel they're uncertain about the future policies and politics. They're uncertain about lots of things. Certainly, we can anticipate more an increase on anti-God activities. We're going to be facing an increase in curtailing of Christian freedom. There will be increase in attack on biblical morality. But nonetheless, one of the things that I have learned through the years is that most people, not everybody, most people are not so much afraid of the unknown as much as they afraid their responsibility for what is known. But listen to me. When you truly claim the promise of Jesus who said what? Never. We will neither fear the unknown or the known. We will face both with confidence. We will face both with courage. We will face both with anticipation. We will face both with expectations to see how God is going to manifest Himself in the difficult times. Beloved, listen to me. As lovers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be confident in the new year. Why? Because we have Jesus who promised, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Let me tell you a story about a well-known person. And it was the year 1896. Just remember that. 1896. It was in Glasgow University, Scotland. David Livingston, the great missionary statesman. What a man. If you haven't read his story, you need to read it. He was being honored with an honorary doctorate in laws. And when he got up to speak he was received with absolute respectful silence. That was their way of respecting. It's not all cheers and yelling and stuff. No, no, no. There was absolute silence of respect as he got up and took the podium. David Livingston, Dr. Livingston, began to speak. And he looked gaunt and really haggard with the result of the hardship in tropical Africa. His left arm was crushed by a lion, so it was sort of hanging helplessly by his side. He couldn't even move it. It was hanging helplessly on his side. And he stood there right at the podium on that night, and he announced his resolve to return to Africa. And here's what he said. Let me quote him. I will do so without misgivings and with a great gladness. 
Then he asked the audience a rhetorical question. Do you know what supported me through all the years away from home? Living with some dear people whose language I did not know and whose attitude toward me was often hostile. He said, it was this. He promised, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. On these words, he said, I stacked everything, and they never failed me. And beloved, let me tell you, they will never fail you. Can I get an amen? Amen. 